Hey, Alexa, what crap did John Hicks say this week on the radio? I'm sure I don't want to hear it, but I'm interested to find out. Helping you solve the retirement puzzle. Welcome to The Retirement Solution with John Hicks. Here with John Hicks, I'm Jennifer Perry. And this week, we're going to talk a little horse racing with your finance here on The Retirement Solution because uh, racing is back. Can't do it in person, but you can do some betting online right now, John. And I don't know about you, but I have a system when it comes to making bets on horses. I look for the ones with a little spunk, but not too much spunk. I look at the jockey colors. Yes, I'm one of those betters. Uh-huh. It's fine. I look at the jockey himself. Like, who is it? Do I know the name? Do they have a great track record? And then I'll look at their past race performance, you know? And sure. so I try to make sure I'm making as educated decision as I possibly can. But uh, you went out and picked out your own race horse, kind of, sort of, recently, too, well, right? Well, let's say kind of, sort of. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so I technically did not pick the horse out. Actually, the horse was picked out by D. Wayne Lucas himself. Ah, yes. okay. Yes, and, and, and in all fairness, I did not own the whole horse. <laughs> <laughs> I had a small piece though. I had a fractional ownership of this horse. Like maybe the Basically, hoof, I had one like hoof. A, a third of a hoof. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, but I mean, yeah, I, I'm not all highfalutin like that. Remember, I, I still drive the Toyota Sienna Swagger Wagon. That's right. <laughs> I don't have that kind of cash flow. No, I'm laughing. No, but no, D. Wayne Lucas, we, we were very fortunate where uh, a group of us got were able to get together and we were able to figure out what it was like to own a Kentucky raised racehorse. And, and have a good trainer. So not only did the 83-year-old D. Wayne Lucas choose the horse, uh, but he trained the horse. Oh, even uh, it was It was amazing. Oh. Um, and, and I didn't get to see him, you know, myself individually ever, but he would go out and we were able to watch our horse run around the track, you know, for uh, in the morning uh, uh, workouts. Mm-hmm. And in, from time to time, he would come over and approach, you know, a handful of us and, and tell us a little bit about how she was doing and things like that. I tell you what, 83 years of not only winning, but just a winner's mentality. I mean, he had so much just sage advice, so much wisdom. Just I would soak it in. I, I don't think I ever actually asked a question because it n- didn't matter what he said. It was like it was it was like poetry. <laughs> it's amazing. I'm trying not to be too flowery about it, but it's very true. If anyone has ever had a chance to talk to D. Wayne Lucas, the amazing thing is, is you know that he knows his craft probably better than everyone else combined. For sure, just like um, his record, yeah. Yeah, his, and his record's <laughs> pretty good. His record's pretty darn good too. Yeah, but did he give you any specific pointers on what he was looking for as he was helping you and your group evaluate horses? Well, you know, of course, all of us had never owned a horse before. We were all complete novices. And he, he said, you know, basically there's there's three rules of thumb. Okay. Whenever you're going to select a racehorse, you know, there's all, I mean, some of them are just gorgeous. Some of them are just beautiful. They have all these things. He goes, those often aren't real good runners. So you really have to find the proper mix. He said, there's three things. Number one, you want a neck like a princess. <laughs> Uh, which means that the longer the neck, often the longer the stride. And okay. was the point. Number two, you want it to have a butt like a fry cook. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say butt. He may have said another oh, word. Okay. Uh, but he basically a butt <laughs> like a fry cook. And, and so I had to laugh. But but his whole point with us, yeah, so you need to know, are they have power? And often a big back end means there's going to be a lot of power. Okay. Uh, which is really, I mean, which kind of makes sense if you think yeah. about it. Uh, and, and he said, and third, you want that horse to walk like a hooker. <laughs> Now that's the piece of advice I remembered the most. Which, that's why you, know, you picked out yeah, John Lee exactly. Hooker, a little boom, boom, boom. 
Uh, no, but uh, you want it to walk like a hooker. And this was the one where most all of us were just kind of like, we were standing in near disbelief. The crazy thing is, is his, his reason for this is quite good. He says, you want it to, in, by hooker, he means swish its back end, swish its tail side to side pretty rigorously. Uh-huh. You know, of course, if you're a lady of the night, you might do that to attract a man folk. You walk in <laughs> with that saucy southern type walk. But when it comes to a horse, you want to basically know that both legs have equal amounts of get up and go. So okay. both legs, when they, when they swish their tail uh-huh. left and right, they might be good off both sides, oh. which basically means the horse is going to have a long neck, when a long stride, mm-hmm. get tremendous amount of back end power. So it has the motor to get you going. And lastly, if it's going left and right, it should be good on both legs, which means it could be good on rough terrain or if there's a rocky field or if there's a, a muddy field or if you got to do turf. Uh-huh. He said, but those three things are how you select a pretty awesome potential racehorse. I'm going to have to file this away and uh, use this as a new strategy. When I'm it just... may not be a good thing to select a partner, <laughs> yes, but a racehorse on the other side may be okay. All you know, right. but it was funny though, because as you and I were going through this, I just made the realization, you know, when you're selecting investments though, Jennifer, uh-huh. there may be a lot of similarities. You can you know, apply the same rules here because well, I'm interested in this. <laughs> now, let's see if I can. Let's okay. see if I can. All right. So basically neck like a princess. Now he wanted it to, you know, have a long neck. Now here's what I'm thinking when you're thinking about long neck. Whatever you're deciding to own, wouldn't you want to own it for a long time? I mean, I, I talk to people all the time. They're, they're saying, maybe I should get this stock because it was just said by Jim Cramer. Mm-hmm. Or I might get this fund because it was just mentioned in Kiplinger or Forbes or on the Google machine or whatever. But the question is, is that something you want to own for a long time? Now, if you subscribe to Warren Buffett at all, his whole point is, listen, you want to own something that you're going to be happy to own five, six, ten years from now. Right. So when you're thinking about a, a neck like a princess, a long neck, then I think that you would want to own an investment for a long period of time. Assuming is that it's not a complete loser, right? Mm-hmm. You would want to think that you'd want to own it for a while. So a lot of people out there might like, you know, Walmart or, or Disney. And, and even if those companies had fallen recently... As long as you still feel confident in that company, there's no real reason to have sold those, yeah, right? right? Same thing. So you want it to last for a long period of time. Number two, butt like a frack cook. <laughs> now, how are you going to turn this one into well, an investment lesson? <laughs> well, it, it's not as hard as you might think. When oh, you're thinking really? the whole point is to have power, you know, to have some horsepower under that, that hood, to have, uh-huh. you know, some room to giddy up and go. So number two, really what we're talking about is upside potential right? Yeah. Do you have the opportunities, that investment that you're looking at, does it have enough upside potential for what you're looking for? Yeah. And the way that I talk about this is a lot of folks, Jennifer, they say, well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of nervous about the market. I kind of don't know if I should get in or get out. I really don't know. And what they're doing is they're going into cash or they're going into CDs mm-hmm. or they're going into short-term bonds, but you're looking at what is the upside potential of those things? It's, it's miserable. Yeah. It's bad. So maybe you're doing it for a short-term But for long-term retirement investing, that is not enough horsepower, especially if you're not getting at least three, four, five, or 6% on safe money, okay? And if you're looking at something you really want to have horsepower, something that you can really goose things with, you want to make sure that it still has enough upside potential for the amount of risk you're taking. Yeah. Okay. And so the last one comes to, you know, he said, walk like a hooker. And why do you say that? Well, you want to know if it can spring off both legs. Is it going to be equally as fast on rocky terrain? And how is that not just like when you're going to select an investment to make sure that it can do well in up markets 
and potentially even do well in down markets or sideways markets. So you want to be able to look at that investment and say, hey, we hope things go up. Basically, that's like a horse having one really strong left leg. But if it doesn't have a really strong right leg, it does poorly in another environment. How is that not like having a, a stock that just tanks? when things go bad. Right. I mean, not only does it go down with the market, maybe it goes down further. So when I'm thinking about just like what D. Wayne Lucas was talking about for selecting a horse, I don't think it's really that different for investing. You want to make sure that you're going to have a long-term hold period. You want at least want to know that it's something you would own for the long term. You want to make sure it's got enough upside potential to keep you motivated to keep owning it, right? right. And you want to make sure that even if things are up or down, you're going to have a real good chance of making money and sticking with the plan. I think if you do that, you're going to kill it long term. Well, I don't know about my chances of picking the right horse at the track, but is it possible to find <laughs> use these three rules and actually find the right kind of investment mix and the right kind of strategy that's uh, going to help you get to the finish line when you're in retirement, John? Well, you know, everyone's different. You know, everyone has their own idea of how much risk they want to take and what long-term means. And Jennifer, this is probably exactly why we created our Omega strategies. I mean, probably for this exact reason, because every one of us are completely unique and individual. We also have different needs. Some of us might say, you know, I've saved a lot of money and and frankly, I get good pensions. My my social security is going to be enough. I have this money, but I kind of really don't need it. No, I don't want to lose it, Mm -hmm. but I really don't have to worry so much. Well, that type of strategy might mean, okay, well, let's keep it as safe as possible. And if you can get a four to five or 6% rate of return, how bad is that? That's pretty good. Now, some other people, you know, when you're looking at things, they may say, well, I need a tremendous amount of income. Unfortunately, maybe I undersaved a little bit. Maybe I didn't quite get enough time to put those dollars in like I'd hoped. And I really need to stretch my portfolio instead of pulling out 4%, I might really need to spend more like five or six or seven. And in this environment, that makes me very nervous. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, again, the whole reason why we created our Omega income strategies, because any of the amounts that we're looking at, whether it's a five or six or seven percent income stream, whatever it is, you can spend that. You can spend that annually if you choose. That can be truly an income stream. Now, you may not see a whole lot of growth in the portfolio. But at this point, it shouldn't be about growing too much. Right. Right. It should be about making sure that you can spend that income you need. So in that event, it also is great. And then the last one, does it have enough upside potential? Well, some people might say, well, I want some downside protection, but I want a chance to maybe even potentially get double digit returns. We can completely create that depending on your needs and what you're willing to risk. So can someone select a proper investment in this environment? Absolutely. Hmm. But you have to have the right strategies. And it's not one size fits all, guys. Every one of us are completely different and we have completely different needs. Shouldn't your portfolio be custom tailored specifically to your needs? Not just some annuity, not just some stinking mutual fund that everyone can own, but specifically catered to what you believe in what you need, what your family is looking forward to so you don't have to freak out every single time we have a market gyration. But you have to seek it out. It's not going to come chase you down. (laughs) You know, that's the craziest thing about any racehorse. Have you ever, Jennifer, and let's go back to racehorse for a second. Uh Have you ever had the absolute winner just come up and give you a a little tap and say, hey, you need to bet on me? No, never. No. No. I wish they would. You got to search through a needle in a haystack (laughs) and you got to wonder, hey, am I going to be lucky enough for it to work? Completely unlike racehorses and in racing, this is completely opposite. You can craft and create exactly what you're looking for. So you don't always have to have the number one winner, but if you can always punch a ticket, you can always get on that second or third or even first spot from time to time. If you're cool with that, why wouldn't you set it up that way? Yeah. And uh, here's the thing. You can seek that out, but maybe apply those three lessons from Dwayne Lucas. What a genius list here. 
neck like a princess, butt like a (laughs) frying cook, and then walk like a hooker. Who knew that this could apply to our investments too, John? knew? Have questions for John? Drop us an email at retirementsolutionradio.com. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if John Hicks is licensed in your state, please call 502-690-5635. J. Hagen Capital Inc. is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through John Hicks, Kentucky Insurance License Number 998827. 